1: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and I've got a very special interview episode today. We've got him, Sam Burns, in the house. Sam, thanks so
2: much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. This will be fun.
1: I imagine you are in full Riviera preparation right now. Is that what we're dealing with here?
2: Yeah, I went out and uh, played nine this morning, and uh, got some practice in. So, uh, Golf course is in great condition, um, like it always is, so looking forward to the challenge this week.
1: Yeah, how many how many holes do you like to get in before the tournament starts? You probably don't want to play too many. Is it is it nine on, you know, nine on Monday, nine on Tuesday type of deal?
2: Yeah. I usually like typically like to see um, you know, the harder side probably twice and the other side once. So probably twenty-seven. Um just depending on, you know, like tomorrow's an eighteen hole pro am. So we'll touch them all tomorrow, um, at seven AM and, and get going there.
1: Wednesday morning pro-am at 7 a.m. is probably not the most popular thing amongst your peers. Is that accurate to say?
2: Honestly, you know, (laughs) yeah, people, everybody's different, but for me, it's kind of nice, you know, get up early, you know, get it done and you're, you're done by two o'clock and you have the rest of the afternoon. So I, I prefer that rather than, you know, being there all day and not getting done till, you know, six and you're scrambling for dinner and then have to be back out there at six the next morning.
1: I got you. And are you guys kind of taking guesses or educated guesses on where you think pin locations are and things like that? And you're hitting multiple shots from collection areas and all that fun stuff.
2: Right. You know, typically, you know, this place, they don't they don't move the pins around a lot. Um, There's just, you know, these greens they only offer so many different locations. And so, I mean, usually per green, they have at least three, if not four, the same locations from the previous year. And so, you know, we have all that stuff you know, written down. And so we'll hit shots to those areas or where we think they'll be. And, um, kind of, you know, base it off that.
1: Has it been different in preparation? I swear I'll get off preparation here, but I'm so fascinated by this. Uh, is it, is it, has it been different in terms of preparation without the greens reading books? Are you making more notes? Has that changed any part of the process for you?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, you're probably paying a little bit more attention, um, when you're hitting certain putts that, You know, like Travis, my caddy, will get me to hit certain putts that, you know, he just wants to see. That way we have an idea for when we have them in the tournament if we have them. Um, You know, and maybe in the years past, we wouldn't have done that because we could just look at the Greens book. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of the times we use the Greens book for second shots. Um, You know, if you're hitting a, you know, what depending on what club you're hitting into a front pin, if it's, you know, a two and a half degree slope at you rather than, you know, a slope away from you, or a degree of slope away from you, that could change the golf the, the shot you're gonna hit. So just little stuff like that that you're kinda paying more attention to.
1: I love that. And I saw uh, Justin Thomas and Cam Smith for the first two rounds. That's your that's your group. How do you feel about about playing with those guys? Do you get amped up to play with some of the some of the games best as well?
2: Yeah, that'll be a blast. Those are uh you know, some of the guys I uh, enjoy hanging out with out here. So it'll be uh it'll be a fun couple of days with them and hopefully we'll all play some solid golf.
1: Certainly not your first trip around Riviera. In fact, you were in the heat of the battle here throughout uh, last year. And I just wanna kind of get an idea, those final nine holes on Sunday, how much different do those feel than the first nine on Thursday or the second nine on Friday? kind of talk me through that.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a different um kind of a different energy um there and you just you know, you're you're trying to obviously you not think about it, but at the same time you want to, you know, acknowledge that it is there and that you, know, you, you have these things going on and your body's feeling a little bit different than maybe it did on the second hole of the tournament. So yeah, I think for me it was a great learning experience. I don't necessarily know that if if I was ready to win yet then. Um you know, I've learned a lot since then and those moments and having those experiences, which um, I'm I'm really grateful that they happened, but obviously that was a, that was a tough one to swallow.
1: Does it ever work? Not, not thinking about it, not thinking about the wind. Does that ever work? Can you, can you actually do that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's one of those things as if, you know, you wanted to acknowledge it because that's the best way to handle it. If you pretend it's not there and act like you know, you're, you're totally fine and, you know, you don't want to do anything about it, then it, eventually it's going to show itself. And so I think, um, you know, for me, um, you know, working with Brett McCabe, that's a lot of stuff we've talked about is just, you know, Hey, these don't pretend like these emotions or these feelings aren't there when they are, because how, how can you address them if you act like they aren't? So I think, yeah. you know, that's a big, a big thing that we've talked about and, um, learned from.
1: Yeah, that is that is fascinating to kind of just embrace it in the moment and acknowledge that it's that it's there. Um, The thing that we always hear on the telecast is when, you know, it's coming down the home stretch, it's like, oh, Sam Burns better account for some adrenaline here. Right. Does that does that ever factor into your shots that you're hitting?
2: Yeah, I think at certain times, um, you know, sometimes it it can be a good thing and sometimes (laughs) not so much. Um, But really, it's just, you know, learning about yourself in those moments and how you know, your body may change or, um, you know, how you feel can affect each shot. And so, yeah, I think at, at certain times, it definitely is a factor. Do you think that
1: you were able to take the experience on Sunday, which ended up being a third place finish at Riviera last year into that same type of moment, heat of the battle at Valspar when, you know, you, you knocked on the door and it opened, Sam?
2: Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it's it's a lot of times where you're in those moments and, it's easy to kind of get a couple holes ahead of where you're at and you know it's such a cliche thing to say but you know one shot at a time is, it's so important um because you know in reality this the shot you hit on the 70th hole of the tournament still counts the same as the one you hit on the fourth hole of the tournament um it just seems like it means a lot more in that moment but you know it actually doesn't and so you know just knowing that and and being as prepared as possible for that shot and you know what what are you know travis and i talk about what's our intention on this shot like what you know what's a what's a shot here that we want to hit um we're comfortable with and just go execute
1: a quick detour here for just one second sam is there a shot that you've hit in your life that you think about a lot because i'll give you an example I hit a four iron out of a fairway bunker about 10 years ago. And I still think about it all the time because it was absolutely perfect. Now I imagine yeah. you hit a lot more pure shots, I hope, than I do. But is there one that kind of sticks out that you think about often?
2: Um, yeah, I think it was the, uh, the first hole on uh Saturday at Valspar. Um, I hit kind of in the, I was either in the right, yeah, maybe just in the fairway or just in the first cut, um, It was kind of a right tucked pin that had this like perfect number to hit this like big cut hybrid around the trees. And I hit it it perfect. I couldn't even see where it landed. but I knew it was going to be really good and it ended up, you know, a foot from the hole. Um, So just to start your day with, you know, in contention with an eagle in the first hole uh, to kind of get things going was um, definitely a shot. It's kind of one of those things as soon as you hit it, you just know it's going to be perfect.
1: I love that. And our brains are so weird that like, we'll just continue to go back to that one oh, yeah. shot or that one moment yeah. for however long it takes.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's so good. Um, you know, we've, we've heard at times guys like Brooks Kepka talk about what their expectations are when they tee it up each week. You know, Brooks said he started winning more when his expectations were to win instead of just to make the cut. Uh, now two victories here in uh, the last what is that, six, seven, eight months, something like that for you, Sam? Like, what are your true expectations when you tee it up Thursday morning?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, each and every week we show up, we try to prepare the best we can. Um, You know, that's the number one thing is uh, make sure that, you know, my body's feeling how it needs to, Um, you know, kind of make sure my golf swing's in check, Um, preparing to, you know, be in contention in the last nine holes of the golf tournament. I think you know that's our that's our goal every week um you know to have a chance to win coming down the back nine and so you know i would say before i won um you know i would have said that that was probably you know what my goal was that week but i didn't know if i really believed it then yeah um and now having done it i think um it's kind of one of those things where it is your goal and you also believe that you can do it um so it definitely is kind of a an added boost of confidence
1: was there kind of a difference when you went from the first PGA tour victory to the second, because we've heard guys talk a lot about the second one. The first one's never a fluke, right? It's, it's never a fluke. It's so hard to win out there. We get it. But the the second one's kind of a validation victory and a lot of guys start mm-hmm. to feel more and more like they belong. Can you, did you feel that?
2: Yeah, I think for me it was, you know, for, on my second you know there was it was such a bunch of leaderboard coming down the last nine holes um and to you know to play as well as i did hit the shots that i did coming down the stretch it was exactly it was validation that um you know w- we believe that we could do it um we believe that we were capable of doing it and then you know it was validation that you know we could execute the shot when we needed to and i think that's that's huge you can you know you can lean on that you know in future tournaments or future similar situations
1: you keep saying we 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 that you're because this is uh apparently in your eyes this is a team game isn't it
2: yeah i think um you know my caddy travis you know he goes out every week and works as hard as he can to have a chance for us to win um just as much as i do and so i think you know at the end of the day you know i'm the one that's hitting the shots and ultimately falls on me um But at the same time, I I have full trust and confidence in him that, you know, he's going to be as prepared as anyone, if not more um, and and ready in that moment.
1: Statistically, over the last handful of years, Sam, your your distance has decreased, but your strokes gained off the tee and approach have increased pretty significantly. Is that on purpose? And what do you kind of attribute those uh, large gains to?
2: Well, I am getting older, so maybe that's... uh, (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. What, 25 now? Is that right? Yeah. I'm aging. Oh, boy. Um,
2: Yeah, I think, you know, when I first got out on tour, um, I was playing a pretty low-spin driver. Um, So, obviously, you know, getting the most out of the distance, um, but not necessarily driving it as straight. And so it was kind of one of those things that, you know, I decided, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice... Ten yards um, to hit, you know, two or three more fairways around, and um, give myself a couple more scoring opportunities. So I think that's that's huge. And obviously, here you know the distance debate now, and you see what you know, a guy like Bryson is doing. But I mean, everybody's different. I think the more chances I get from the fairway, the better. Um, and, and the way that these golf courses are starting to play, you're getting firmer greens, more rough. Um, yeah. So you know, having an eight iron from the fairway rather than a wedge out of the rough, I'll I'll take the eight iron.
1: Yeah. Firm and fast. Let's do that every single week. We love, we love watching that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's fun. Uh, (laughs) I, I prefer that way too. Uh,
1: outside of the number on your scorecard, what do you think the most important number is in pro golf? Is it your official world golf ranking? Is it strokes gained? Is it the cash in the bank account? What, what, what's the most important number?
2: Um, I would say it's hard to say really. I mean, I think they kind of all go hand in hand, obviously. Um, but a number that we look a lot at is strokes gained, um, you know, because ultimately that's kind of where we're basing things off of. And, you know, if there's an area that we're struggling in and clearly the statistics are showing that, then it's like, hey, you know, we need to address, you know, what, what the problem could be here and uh, improve in that area. And so, you know, I think the better those numbers are, um, the higher up you're, you are in, in OWG
1: I saw this year. Uh, you are now part of the Travis Matthew team, which I just chef's kiss Lo- love the stuff they they yeah. put out. Um, which uh, I have a couple of questions: Why Travis Matthew? And two, do you wear golf clothes off the course? Everybody wants to know what like your day to day attire looks like.
2: Yeah. Well, I think for starters, <laughs> um, I mean, you think of a brand like Travis Matthew. It's you know you get everything in one. You get golf you get lifestyle you get you know now they're coming out of the workout line it's just you kind of get all of that in one and you know as soon as i you know started talking to the, with these guys and met them um they're just they love golf and they want to make the best um clothes that they can and so i think for me it's it was a no-brainer as soon as you know i got to know them and you know saw what they were about and what they represented in the brand and um you know knowing that i can wear pretty much any of their clothes at any time on the golf course off the golf course um it's such an easy transition and it's uh, i've loved it it's been it's been really good
1: that's awesome I always see these guys wearing the same sh- you know the same stuff into the gym and the same yeah. stuff out, out to dinner which listen i would yeah. i would do the same thing I just you know want to hear it from 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 you guys which uh, yeah it, it their, makes sense
2: <laughs> their, their lifestyle stuff off the course is it's so good um and so uh, I've really enjoyed kind of getting to see it all and and wear it
1: That's Sam Burns. Sam, we uh, really appreciate you coming on. We're wishing you the best of luck this week and and thank you so much for the time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoy it.
1: That'll do it for this episode of the First Cut Podcast. Uh, We'll be back uh, after each and every round as normal, but for now, we'll see you next time.